after hearing that exchange, he's not far off from Boomhauer on uh, Family Guy. Or uh, not Family he, Guy, okay. King of the Hill. You almost, the show almost got off to an awful start. Yeah, I'm sorry. Family Guy, come on, dude. Jeez. You know, he he if, did say uh, meeting at the end, which that's. <laughs> you got to you get him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was 140 words per minute. I love how someone asked him why he talked so fast. And I thought he even talked a little bit faster after that. I get you in and out, man. Hey, you know, we got a meeting this dumb 20 hour roll a week. It, it, it's like times two speed for Jimbo after he was asked that. You know what else is funny that I noticed after that? It's incredibly fast. And he says about every other word twice <laughs> he does repeat himself quite a bit yeah uh and i bet when he well i guess we saw it a couple months ago when the guy is flustered he talks even more uh, you you want to go you want to go see how god does his work you want to go see how god does his work <laughs> go ask around huh you know maybe maybe he ain't just such a the great human that he think you think he is uh, it's I, great i'd love to see him in a fight at home just get all flustered after a long day at the office it'd be great i Really love how quickly there's no ill will toward uh, Saban, and it's all water under the bridge at this point. Boy, it was it was about as heated as, as you can get between th- that we've seen between two coaches like out in the open, right? And I'm sure there's some stuff that's gone on behind closed doors, recruiting battles, or whatever you know, whatever could happen out there. Something happened maybe on the field. But, like, playing out in the media, that's about as heated as we've seen something get that I can remember, at least right off the top of my head. And now it's just, oh, there's no ill will there. Well, nope, it's, it's fine. That's, why, that's because Jimbo got his Phil Steele preseason magazine delivered to him, and he said, well, gosh, dang, they got those guys coming off the edge this year? They got that, they, they that Hasman trophy back from last year? He realized how good Alabama's going to be this year, and he uh, tried to make amends real quick. He, he doesn't want to get beat by 45 in Tuscaloosa in early October. I think Will Anderson has the best chance a defensive player has had in a long time to win the Heisman. Yeah, he dominated the national championship game last year. He looked pretty good. He, you, you have to come in with some recognition to the season, right? Yep. And I think, man, I think you've got to play for an Alabama or a Georgia. I think you got to play for one of those programs. I don't think you've, I don't think yeah, Bryce Young's definitely got to be. Yeah, I I think you know, we've talked about this a little bit before, but I think C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, is the main contender. Um, just because I think the numbers are going to be there, his numbers last year were incredible. So if he just all he has to do is have the same year he had a year ago as what a redshirt freshman. And uh, I think he could probably win. It was like 50 touchdowns to four interceptions, something insane. Um, so I think he's he's one of the main guys. But man, Will Anderson, if he if he goes out and leads the NCAA in sacks and tackles for loss again, second year in a row, and going into it with a big name, a lot of people were saying that there's no reason he even needs to be playing college football this year. He's put on 10 pounds in the offseason. So, yeah, he's going to be going up against maybe a freshman tackle or tackles against Texas uh, in the second game of the year. He's going to be looking to make an impact there. Uh, He's going to be in some big-time games, obviously. 
he could have a realistic chance. Well, first like, off. There's been some defensive guys that have gained steam throughout a season, but I bet he's probably on the, the list. He'll be low on it, but I bet he's on the list preseason for Let, the Heisman. Let's be fair, though. It Judging by Texas offensive line the past 10 years, it hasn't really mattered if they're freshman offensive Oof. tackles or senior offensive tackles. All right? They're True. both kind of about the same there. No, I, I, it is. Uh, it's actually a very great point by you. Very nice. He does have the best chance a defensive player has had in a while. Bama goes undefeated. They look like the best team in college football. And we're not going to give it to Bryce Young again. We'll give it to Will Anderson, the defensive player. And my immediate thought was, oh, God, that is the worst possible thing that could happen to the rest of college football. Then I came to the realization, Teddy, that, I mean, is it, though? It's not like it's going to help them get even more elite defensive players. Right. They already get the elite of the elite. Yeah. I don't know how many more that they're really going to get after a Heisman. I don't know how. Let's see. This is this list is from uh, middle, late June, and it's got C.J. Stroud as the favorite, plus 200, then Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, plus 800, B. John Robinson, Quinn Ewers, um, you go back. There's a pack at two thousand plus two thousand, a group at plus twenty five hundred. Think about this. JT Daniels has better odds to win the Heisman per this site than uh, Dylan Gabriel. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's I ridiculous. agree. But um, at plus three thousand, you've got Jameer Gibbs, the Georgia Tech running back that transferred to Alabama. You've got Dylan Gabriel. You've got Hendon Hooker at Tennessee. And you've got Will Anderson at Alabama. How about that? It's plus three thousand. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would throw down twenty bucks, fifty bucks, a hundred bucks on it. I mean, that's a serious payout if it happens. But he's going to have to put up some monster stats this year. I'd put money on him way before I'd put on JT Daniels at West Virginia. Well, I'd put money on him well before I put money on. Pfft, 98% of the other starting quarterbacks in college football this year. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty true there. I can't argue with that. I'm trying to find a way to and can't. Hmm. Uh, no. Uh, fascinating. Fascinating that you've got a defensive player. Um, there's been a lot of talk comparing him to Derek Thomas. Did you know Derek Thomas had a – I believe this is correct – had a season with 27 sacks. Yeah, that, that set an <laughs> that set an NCAA record that I believe still stands. Yeah, that still yeah. stands today. Yeah, it does. Yes. I don't think anyone's been close. No. I feel like Suggs at Arizona State had like 22 or something like that, but 27 is ridiculous. Yeah. No, it's um, it's it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. And, and it was in like the 80s, so they probably played 10 games. Oh, uh, Bama was probably like on a bowl ban and everything, too, and he still was able to get that number. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The three yards in a cloud of dust offenses in the SEC back then, too. They only yep. – Teddy, uh, uh, opponents only threw it 30 times against Alabama that year, and he got to the quarterback that many times. Crazy. Crazy. Well, um, SEC media days keep spitting out some interesting things. Kirby Smart. New contract. Jeez. Josh Heupel talking about Dylan Gabriel. 
Huh? How about that? Yeah, um, congrats to Kirby Smite for getting that 10-year contract extension. Uh, 10.2 mil for the 2022 mm. season. So coaches at or near $10 million a year, well, you got Kirby Smart. Deserves it. Played in two national championship games. Won one of those. Saban, the GOAT of all time. He's still probably massively underpaid at $10-plus million. Brian Kelly, eh, okay, he's at least, you know, been to a national championship game, all-time winning as head coach at Notre Dame. And then Lincoln Riley's there. Can anyone figure out who the odd man out is in, in, that, uh, in that foursome? Pretty easy for me. Riley? Just saying. He hasn't accomplished yeah. near as much as those other three guys. Um, he's lost to all three of them. Uh, did he lose to – he hadn't lost to Brian Kelly. Oh, no. Not yet, anyway. Well, yeah. he, did, he didn't want to lose to Brian Kelly. That's why he ran away from the uh, from the SEC. Not easy. He's, he may get to match up with him in the Big Ten, and uh, unfortunately, at USC for, for him, uh, which, you know, I, what was – Lincoln was first, right? Brian Kelly didn't leave Notre Dame until, like, right before – wasn't it right before their bowl game, a week before, something yeah, like that? Yeah, so, well, I mean – we were both hearing from LSU people that they thought it was a done deal. And remember, right. the question after Bedlam was not about USC, it was about LSU. I'm not I'm not taking the that coaching job at LSU. I will not be the next head coach at LSU. Yeah, that was perfect. Um yeah, so it, it's almost like Brian Kelly was LSU. I don't know if he was their plan B, but they were pretty convinced that they were getting him as the head coach. Yeah. Dang. Derek Thomas had 20 sacks his second year in the NFL. Golly. <laughs> Here, here's, the, here's the good and bad of this, though. I, I like this information on Derek Thomas, but I also know you. You're going to be in a Derek Thomas YouTube rabbit hole the rest of the show, and holding your attention until 6 p.m. is going to be quite the challenge for me, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it. Yeah. He's bigger than I thought. 6'3", 255. Point exactly. Here we go. Already. Yeah. We're already to measurables, and we're not even past the first segment yet. It's pretty impressive. What were his it parents' funny, names though. again? What were his parents' names? Um, hey, you'll find that out in the, in the 4 o'clock hour. I'll, I'll, no. I'll, I'll ask you then. It's all good. Um, Edith Morgan was his <laughs> mom. Uh, his dad was the Air Force captain and B-52 pilot. Robert wow. James Thomas died on a mission in Vietnam. How about that? Did not know that. Huh. Uh, he ended his se senior season at Alabama with a thrilling win over Army in the '88 Sun Bowl, 29-28. Oh, uh, he would. <laughs> so, uh, a guy of his caliber would opt out of that game now. But look at Derek yeah. Thomas playing against Army. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, very, very cool stuff. 918 on the text line. I wonder if Muleshoe has a secret beef with Dave Aranda. Looking back, I'm glad Aranda did what he did and Muleshoe looked like a crybaby afterwards. Yeah, that whole situation was weird. Um, the way it went down made it look really bad on Aranda because the the – the students had already like stormed to the field so they had to like wait and get all of that back and and kick the field goal they had to drag people out of the locker room to kick the field goal like it looked bad 
like what he was actually doing wasn't bad because of tiebreakers and stuff and you know we didn't really put any of that together until later but the way it all unfolded it didn't look good but it wasn't necessarily Aranda's fault um but yeah the whole situation was was quite strange i i'm i don't know maybe everyone or maybe no one has beef with uh dave aranda nah. it would be hard to hard to tell <laughs> he didn't talk to anybody it didn't feel like he never shows any type of emotion you know that game more than any that i can remember here recently you know when we say oh that team got beat down or that team beat down that team whatever we always look at the final score, right? And we judge it by, you know, if you got beat by three touchdowns, then you really you got beat down. That hasn't yeah. always been the case for football. And, in fact, the majority of the years we've been playing football, someone can absolutely stomp a mud hole in someone and only win by a couple of scores. And there's no better example of that than recently, um, that OU Baylor game last year. You look at the final score and say, oh, yeah, I mean, it was 27-14 and Baylor – tacked on a late field goal I mean really it was only a 10-point game well that didn't tell much of the story the score says Uh. 27-14 but those are games that we used to say not we because I wasn't alive back in the 70s of 80s like that team got absolutely pumped they got pumped yeah I'll tell you when a team runs 47 times for 300 yards on you And you run uh, 29 times for 82 yards, that tells the story right there. Mm. Yeah, they just kept running the football over and over and over and over. It, they were, they ran the ball 47 times and threw it 21. I That is a box score from the early 90s. Yeah, and, that, um, that was their game plan coming in, obviously, and boy, did it work out perfectly. They did not have to adjust their game plan whatsoever offensively. Mm. Jeez. Abram Smith, 20 carries for 148, and had a 75-yarder but didn't score a touchdown. That's kind of an anomaly, but, um, yeah, it was – they were tough physically on the offensive line, defensive line. Uh, physical tackling, got after the quarterback. That was a, really, by Baylor, a perfectly executed football game. And and you know what? If as good as I think OU is going to be this year and as better as I – I think they're going to be a lot better than a year ago. I think they're going to be much more equipped to play that style of game. But at the same time, if Baylor is comparable to what they were last year – Man, that, that's going to be a really tough football team to have to beat, not once, but probably twice next season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think they're going to be tough. I think their def- defensive line is going to be really good. Uh, they've got the gigantic 370-pounder uh, in the middle, plus they got another transfer, Dylan Doyle back at uh, Mike Backer. And they're going to be tough. Going to have that great running game as well on the offensive line. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. I-44 exit 107 in Newcastle. Remember, we always got happy hour going 3 to 6 every single day here at the Front Row Sports Bar. Uh, We'll be back.
Cavens Construction is bringing you our number one of the rush on this Thursday. Cavens can do it all. Remodeling, roofing, water restoration, facility maintenance, and a whole lot more. Give Cavens a call today, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Or just literally, you can see everything that they do at cavensconstruction.com and a whole lot of cool testimonials on the website as well. So um, I'm going to preview something we have coming up. Next segment, actually, uh, the the two bottom segments of this hour, we kind of got an intern for a day today, Teddy. Uh, former OU basketball player Michael Neal, or excuse me, Michael Neal, Tyler Neal, is going to join us for the last two segments here. I intern for a day, already messed up his name. Can you believe that? They're both three-point shooters, though, so there's some similarities uh, yes, there. I can believe you messed it up. Yeah. Obviously. The ad read and trying to transition to that was just too much for me today. Mm-hmm. Just too much. No, Tyler Neal is going to join us for the last two segments. That should, uh, that should be a be lot awesome. of fun. I know that you've got a lot of pressing questions about the basketball program, so this, sure. would be, this would be the perfect opportunity for you just to go rapid fire. That'll be cool. I'm, I'm excited about that. That'll be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Any opportunity we get to chop it up with uh, – with former players, uh, younger guys, let's do it, man. And, and dude, Love it. And, okay, don't use this as an opportunity to tell him and everyone else that you can still dunk a basketball. Because more than anything, I feel like that's what this is mm. going to turn into is, well, yeah, you used to play basketball at OU, that's cool, but let me tell you how good I am at basketball right now. I feel like I that could go even, that way. Yeah, I didn't think about it at all until you just brought that up, and it is a good point. I do need to make that known. <laughs> so thank I, you for that. I almost texted you earlier today saying, uh, do you think that we should throw out the Lon Kruger voice while he was <laughs> on with us? Because Tyler played with uh, with Lon Kruger. So we'll, we'll see if it happens. I don't know. Oh, man, I think you have to. I think you have to. We get That's at least awesome. two or three requests per day on the text line for the Long Kruger voice. So, <laughs> some of you that are out there, uh, just stick around this hour. I think there's a what pretty good chance. What years did he play head. at at OU? Exactly. Uh, his last year was thirteen, fourteen. Uh, he, he he graduated high school in two thousand and ten. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. Good deal. Yeah, it'd be fun. Good deal. So he was there with – that was a fun group. That was a good group there. That was like when Spangler was there and Jordan Woodard and those guys, right? Wow. Look at that. You said that was a really fun group. I was sitting back here, sitting back here thinking, does he remember who played during that time? I'm, I'm interested to see if he does. You nailed how, it. How could I forget? You wanted Jordan Woodard's uh, jersey to be hung in the rafters. How could I forget that? Oh, my gosh. You can't say stuff like that. I didn't exactly say that. <laughs> you painted it like you I did, did say that. I you didn't did say, say that. that. No, I didn't say that. It was the year after the Final Four year. He had a great game at West Virginia, which OU won. I said he had a great game, and you said, oh, what do you want to do, hang his jersey in the Raptors or something? And here we are five years after the fact still talking about it. I didn't it's say been, that. It's been long enough to where the memory by all parties, it's fuzzy enough that I can pretty much make any claim I want about what happened. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tyler Neal, PC West alum, Oklahoma Gatorade Player of the Year. Awesome. That's on the text line. Yeah, if you got any questions for him, uh, hit us up. Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Speaking of SEC Media Day, Jimbo, I guess he prefers this uh, 3-6 schedule model in the SEC. 
and he wants the three uh, opponents to be Texas, LSU, and not OU. He wants to play Mississippi State every single year. Yeah. I heard that, and I like how he he said that people have thrown this name out like <laughs> – is that just a cover for saying, like, that's who you want to play and you can put it on that someone else has thrown those the, that group out before? Um, I, I think that's actually a really good group, you know? I, I, I got no problem with that one. The, I guess the real problem is where does it leave, uh, where does it leave Oklahoma? Um, Not play Texas A&M is what I feel like. That's where it leaves Yeah. Them. He's not he's not that's that's not a pod with those with those groups, is it? No, that's it's just that yeah, it's just that be. three six yeah, you play three of the opponents, you know, three three yeah. teams every single year and it would be yeah, Texas, LSU, Mississippi State. They've developed some sort of a rival uh, a rivalry with LSU. It actually makes sense for a&M to play LSU every single year. So if they're going to play LSU every year and they're going to play Texas every year, I find it very hard to believe that they're going to play OU in there as well. I think Mississippi no. State is probably a good bet. I'm guessing OU probably gets stuck with Texas, Arkansas, Missouri. Yes. Is what my guess would be. Yes, that's exactly right. Dadgummit. Don't love it. Actually, I could love it. If you just replace Missouri with Ole Miss – then I'm like, let's go. Texas, Arkansas, and Ole Miss, that, that's your three? I like that a lot. Yeah, nobody wants to play Missouri, so we're going to get stuck with it. Yep. No, hey, that's, Sankey even mentioned that at the, uh, at the SEC media day earlier this week is, yeah, it's cool to bring in, you know, Texas, Texas A&M can play again. Texas, Arkansas can play it again. You know, OU, Missouri, you know, uh, you, you got them. That's a quarter of the Big Eight. It's like, God, no, stop saying OU, Missouri. No, we don't claim them. We better start embracing it. I'm not embracing it. I refuse. Let's – we're going to have to start embracing it. We're going to have to start talking about it. We need to start uh, picking up uh, Drinkwitz uh, impersonations somehow. We need to start making fun of Missouri fans, if there are any. But this is going to have to be part of what we do, so we might as well get a jump on it. Yeah, well, we always tend to look at things It's what's best for the show. The three opponents that has the easily the most quotable head coaches and the ones that we can impersonate the best, which would be Sam Pittman, Mike Leach, <laughs> and who else? Saban? Is that? I mean, we do Saban quite a bit. Well, your Jimbo's gotten yeah, okay, pretty daggum good. Yeah, okay. So A and M, Arkansas, and Mississippi State. I can I can roll with that. Yeah, we could probably. If we really wanted to develop a Josh Heupel impression. <laughs> no, you uh, won't. You're in love with the guy still. If anyone's going to develop that, it better be me. See, this is just false propaganda that you keep putting out there. It's true. About uh, Heupel. Me thinking that they're going to have a good football team this year has nothing to do with any type of previous uh, – 
like that I, that I was a teammate of his. It has nothing to do with that. It's strictly going off of what I saw last year and what I predict without bias is going to happen this season. I mean, a guy invites you to CC's or Golden Corral, excuse me, one time Furs. when you're a true freshman. Furs, I'll get it right. He invites you to Furs one time as a true freshman, and now you're picking him to win 11, 11 games this year. Man. I also have uh, – I also have blackmail information on Josh Heupel that if I ever wanted to release, I could. I, so You'll have to excuse me about getting the restaurant wrong because the only stories I hear about you in college is you're eating at Furs, Golden Corral, mm-hmm. or uh, CeCe's. I feel like that's the only three places you guys uh, ate at. Not true. Olive Garden, Endless Possible. <laughs> yeah. And maybe on the border sometimes as well. I guess that used to be the spot back in the Cinco day. De Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. On the border, yeah. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. Keep the text line coming. We'll get to some of those. 651-3439. Hanging out Newcastle Casino today, I-44 exit 107. Great promotions going. We've always got happy hour, 3 to 6 every day here at the Front Row Sports Bar. It is the rush on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans, live in the Brown O'Haver studios today. Teddy Lehman is at Newcastle Casino, and we're joined by Tyler Neal, former Big 12 co-sixth man of the year. You like that pull, Tyler? Uh, how about that? That's that's nice. I got that from Soonersports.com that you were the co-sixth man of the year in the Big 12. You had to throw that co in there. I well, think... we knew that you were better that's... than Phil Forte. Well, well here's I, the I'm thing. not saying that. The... He started like 15 games that year. <laughs> the reason it's a co is because the Big 12, as stupid as they are, refuse to ever just give one person an award. It's always co. Everything that we do is co There'll be like three first-team All-Big 12 quarterbacks this year. It's just how the Big 12 does business. You know, when you're starting games throughout the throughout the course of the season like that, it's pretty easy to get your stats up. So, Wow, are you know. still hot about this? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, we can move on. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. I, I thought I sensed, uh, you know, a little bit right you're there. You're the one that threw the code. I, I did. <laughs> I just read the website earlier. So, uh, Tyler is essentially a – He's kind of an intern uh, for a day with us here on The Ref. He's been hanging out for a couple of hours now, um, showing him around the office, Teddy, kind of seeing everyone and, and seeing what the process looks like. Tyler sounds like he wants to get into sports media. Um, you've had a very successful life outside of basketball. I got to ask why you would want to get into this after all. I mean, you hear Teddy and I just bicker all day long. Are you sure that this is something you want to do? You guys make it sound like a lot of fun. Um, yeah, yeah, something something I'm, I'm, I've definitely been interested in for a while. Um, even looked into it a few years back uh, between jobs at one point. But, uh, yeah, really excited that you guys have me around and let me kind of peek in and, and see how all, how all the gears work. Well, what's your impressions right now? Obviously – different regime at OU than whenever you played 
but what's your what's been your opinion so far on what Porter Moser's done? Wasn't easy. The transition he had wasn't easy. The transfer portal stuff's really picked up since you played. Uh, he came in like kind of right on the heels of the COVID deal. It was it's just kind of a weird transition for him, but looks like he's he's started to kind of get in on on some of the portal better portal guys and recruiting maybe ticking up a little bit. But what's been your impression so far? Yeah, you're right. I think, you know, first and foremost, I think he was a great hire. I think he's got the energy, you know, just like Venables, I think he's got the energy and the the desire to be successful in this climate. Like you were talking about, Teddy, I think, um, you know, I, I really think that he's, he's set a good foot forward this first year. They were so close in so many games mm-hmm. to, you know, Finishing in the top half of the Big 12, finishing the top four, you know, top three. Those It's only a couple games that separate there every year in the conference. And, um, you know, I think he's the right guy to manage that. And like you said, I think he was dealt a, a – it was a pretty interesting roster last year. Um, even this year there will be, you know, five or six new guys added to the rotation. Three to the starting lineup with Harkless, Gibson, and Goldwire gone, you know, the three guard positions. So uh, that will be interesting. Um, you know, got a couple transfers – a few more, uh, you know, freshman recruits in. So I think he's doing a good job. Um, not worried in the slightest. Really like him as a person as well. I'm um, just getting to meet him a handful of times. And, and uh, yeah, I couldn't be more excited, really, especially with the move to the SEC on the horizon. I think he's the one to, to kind of take us into that as well. You mentioned Brent Venables, and I think it's, it's interesting because you got to OU and you play for Jeff Capel for one year. And then after that year – uh, he moves on, and Long Kruger comes in. And it felt like – I mean, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it felt like two different coaching staffs that took over. Well, oddly enough, same thing with OU, right? These current guys that are on this roster, they were recruited by Lincoln Riley staff. They played for Lincoln Riley. And now there's a new coach here, with, and it feels totally different now. So what do you think that those guys, those holdovers that are on campus right now, how do you think they're feeling? What do you think they're going through playing for a guy that didn't recruit them, but at the same time, like, the, the program feels totally different. Yeah, you know, that happened between my freshman and sophomore year, so I was just a, a young kid, young, young. Um, so looking back, I think I learned more and more from that experience as time goes on. Um, basketball and football are a lot different, so it's hard to really compare the two. Um, but, you know, from my personal experience – it's a it's a culture thing. And I've heard Teddy say this multiple times. You know, in college sports, culture is the most important thing from the top down. And and that new coach coming in and setting that, it's not. You know, you may win games and be successful in year one, and that you know we're obviously hoping that happens with with Venables. But um, you know, more than that, it's it's about that long term strategy of you know what's your recruitment strategy? What kind of guys are you going after? Um, the whole commitment. Here's what a commitment looks like now compared to what it used to. Hey, are you really committing to us or not? Um, so there's so many things that can change and every, you know, every coach has, um, kind of their different opinions on that and how they go about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to compare football to basketball. I would say it's, it's quite a bit different. Well, maybe this is a stupid question then. Uh, I guess it's not necessarily a comparison, but we talk a ton about what the challenges Oklahoma has in front of them football wise moving to the sec what about basketball i you know the sec has has had ups and downs 
uh, basketball, obviously, but I feel like we're going to be catching them whenever it's been on a, a nice little uptick. you got several different programs that are starting to play uh, really good basketball. Arkansas is, is coming back. Alabama has started to play better basketball. And, you know, you're always going to get the Kentuckys in there and LSU's trying to rebuild a little bit. But what do you think whenever we go to the, the SEC basketball-wise? Is this going to be uh, something that can help Oklahoma out recruiting-wise? Is it, you know, overall going to be a positive for them? What's your take? Yeah, I think, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, there to answer that question first, Teddy, I think I don't see it being as big of a – you know, on the football side of things, obviously that part of the country is a is a huge hotbed, right? And yeah. not that OU doesn't already recruit, you know, obviously Texas pretty well and some of those states fairly well, um, Florida here and there. We, we envision that getting better, I think, you know, on the football side of things. I don't know that it really makes a huge difference recruiting-wise. Um, what I think, when you know, when I look ahead to that SEC move as far as the, you know, success down the line of the basketball program, I look at the last – six seven years of the sec and the regular season champions seven seasons i think it's six different teams so yeah you know leaving the big 12 where obviously you've got kansas who's had you know sustained success and herself and um you know all the players that come through there and just the like i said the success they've had the talent level and kind of setting the standard there for for our conference and um you know you got baylor one and one here recently that's just it's completely different in the SEC. So, you know, I think with Porter, I think, you know, these couple of years here in the Big 12, um, giving him the chance to start to build out that culture, start to build out what he what he'd like his roster to look like, um, you know, get his staff in order. I know there's been, you know, some changes there. We got two new assistants this year um, out of the three spots there. Um, so just kind of letting that all get settled in. And, you know, I see a lot of I see a lot of opportunity to step in and, and uh, you know, definitely be relevant right away and uh, even, you know, even have quite a bit of success uh, pretty quick there in the new conference. All right, there's a question for you on the text line, Tyler. Tyler Neal is our uh, intern for a day, by the way. Who is the most impressive athletes you played against at OU? This is actually pretty topical after this finals. Um, I'd say Andrew Wiggins, best athlete. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh man, he is. Was he a one and done at KU? Yep. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. First overall pick. Man. Did in you front have... of Embiid, Wiggins, Embiid, one two that did, same year. Did you have to? Uh, did you have to match up with him? I actually. Point? Funnily enough, Teddy, you mentioned Spangler earlier. You know, we weren't huge. Spangler was our five. He's six eight. Um, and I was behind him. I was probably one of our, you know, po- as far as post defender goes. Um, there with Spangler as far as, you know, we had Cam Clark playing the four. He's more of a, you know, he's about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Embiid's a good 7'2". Not that I'm much bigger than Cam was. <laughs> but uh, I actually guarded Embiid quite a bit. Wow, more that's pretty so cool. So we had, you know, we had one, uh, you know, one strategy. He was thin then. He's huge now. I mean, he's just gotten so big. But he was pretty thin, still really long, good athlete, very skilled. But we, Spangler and I were just talking about, talking to each other about just – throwing our hips right into his legs, you know, big, tall, long guys don't like that. So it was just, there was some joy in that just over and over making sure he felt you down there, you know? <laughs> so he's, I mean, I'd say Embiid's probably the best player, but Wiggins best athlete for sure. Yeah. That's wild. Would, did you ever think then with what he was doing at Kansas? And I don't, 
I don't remember him like stepping out much, but now he's you know he'll pull up and shoot the three. He'll put it on the floor. He's turned into an like a totally all around basketball player. I I didn't expect that whenever I saw him transition to the NBA, but that's kind of the thing to do these days, I guess. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. Um, I I envisioned him, you know, especially if you put some weight on being because he was pretty pretty nimble. Um, could get off the floor really well. Had a couple nice dunks against us up there in Lawrence. Um, but yeah, I mean the skill he's got with his hands and you know those fadeaway shots. He's kind of got that Dirk fade off of one foot now. Um, he's obviously a really good free throw shooter, so he really just doesn't have a whole lot of weaknesses, especially these last couple seasons as he's been more healthy. Who uh, who all recruited you at a high school? Obviously OU did. You mentioned Air Force before the show today. Who who yep, else? Not not many. Um, I really wanted to go to OU and uh, made that known to, to to some schools that were geographically not close. Wanted to stay close to home. Uh, Oral Roberts was another one. Um, yeah, Air Force, Oral Roberts. I mean, I could go down a list of some that I wasn't super serious about. So you about. weren't the guy that just took five visits to take five visits no, just to go and see not. some cool places definitely around not. the country? I took a couple visits, and and they were both in-state. Yeah. <laughs> so. Teddy, I guess you only took one, right? You, did you yeah, go anywhere one else? visit. I did not. Hmm. Didn't go anywhere else. Um, Teddy was so big time. I, for, for a two-star, <laughs> Tyler, Teddy's so big time. <laughs> That Houston nut at Arkansas, he said, hey, bring that Layman kid into my office over here after a football camp, and Teddy just got on the bus and back to Fort Gibson. Like, you know, I mean, he had the OU <laughs> offer there, which is what he wanted, yeah. but after that he was so big time he said, no thanks, Houston nut. I don't need to talk to you in your office and get a scholarship offer. Must be nice. Man. It, it had nothing to do with being big time, I assure you that. Um, that's funny, though. Well, hey, what's been going on um, – since you've been done playing what have you been up to my wife and i had twin girls uh not, not just a couple years after we got married so we were well, there was a there was a period of time we were pretty busy with that um we've had another yeah. one since then so we've got three we had a boy um april there of covid year right in the smack dab middle of that 2020 so yeah doing some parenting uh, i've been doing some digital marketing work um as well the last few years uh, and have also been in, in insurance as well, so at State Farm some. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, let's hit a quick break. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text on 651-3439. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. Happy hour every day, 3 to 6, here at the Front Row Sports Bar. Plus, they've expanded the off-track betting area, tons of TVs, tons of uh, – uh, you know, live betting windows where you can do it yourself digitally. Really cool stuff here at Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. Cavens Construction, bringing you hour number one of the rush on this Thursday. CavensConstruction.com. One year ago today, OU in Texas, it was leaked. They're rolling off to the SEC. I thought Lincoln Riley was going to be the guy leading OU to the SEC. That's not the case. Um, 
Tyler, you follow OU football as closely as you do OU hoops. I guess just kind of your overall – like this year specifically, I think – Everyone in the long run thinks that Brent Venables is going to win at a high level. But what about this year in 2022? What are your realistic expectations for this team and what they can accomplish? I feel pretty good about it, to be completely honest. I think, you know, like you said, long term, we feel good about it. Man, I'm, I, I don't know if it's just being so used to winning, you know, winning games, losing two, maybe three at most. But you guys were talking about earlier, talking about Baylor and how tough they are. Uh, yeah, it's going to be tough to beat them once, definitely two times. Um, could see one or two drop in there, but at the same time, in the games in the past, like Kansas this last year, for example, um, could probably think of some other ones, but those games that we've dropped that um, you know you shouldn't, I feel like under this staff uh, with Smitty back in tow, you know, I think the the likelihood of those happening here and there are, are going to be lower, and I think that you know that'll bode well for the obviously conference record come the end of the season we're about to hit a break here but boy mike gundy uh sounds like he drove the the final nail in the coffin at big 12 media day concerning bedlam you happy to see it go wish it was staying any opinion on uh on bedlam and the future there i'd like to see it kept um part of that comes from me being a basketball guy and in, in osu you know always feeling like that's been our biggest rival so i may be projecting yeah. that over a little bit but um yeah, personally I'd, I'd like to see it keep happening if it could yeah all right let's hit a quick timeout more from the rush coming up our number two is next